strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And today's episode is about the tale of Queen Boudicca. All right, then. I have no idea who this is about. No? I'm into it. Let's do it. Okay. You say Boudicca, I think Boudiccan. I know I'm wrong. Go ahead. She slaughtered a Roman army. She torched Lindenium, which is now London, leaving a charred layer about half a meter thick that can still be traced under modern London today. According to the Roman historian Cornelius Tatticus, her army killed as many as 70,000 civilians in Lindenium. Verulamium, which is St. Albans today, and I'm going to tell you right now that that word pops up throughout the entire tale, and I'm probably going to pronounce it differently every single time. <laughs> Just let you know. If you said it the same, Robin, I would be stunned because I still, now you just said it and I don't even know what, it, what the word was. I'm still kind of stuck on Londinium. It's Londinium. almost like the city of London is on the periodic table. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so she, her army killed as many as 70,000 civilians in Londinium, Rolamium, and Camulodunum, which is now Colchester in Essex. As she was rushing to cut throats, hang, burn, and crucify, who was this woman? And why was she so angry? At the time of the Roman conquest of southern Britain, Queen Boudicca ruled the Iceni tribe of East Anglia alongside her husband, King Pratsutagus. Boudicca was a striking-looking woman. She was very tall, but the glance of her eye was most fierce. Her voice was harsh. A great mass of reddish hair fell down to her hips, and her appearance was terrifying. Definitely a lady to be noticed. She had history's first resting bitch face. She did. She did. Yeah. I like the, the cut of her eye was fierce. Like she is like the queen of throwing shade. Her voice was harsh. Mm-hmm. Smokers. Smokers cough. Little smoker's voice. <laughs> In today's world, she'd vaped a little too much. The trouble started when Pratsutagus, hoping to flatter and brown nose with the Romans, made the Roman Emperor Nero co-heir along with his daughters to his kingdom and his wealth. He hoped that by doing this, it would keep his kingdom and household free from any attacks. But no. Unfortunately, the Roman governor of Britain at the time was Suetonius Polonus, who had other ideas on the subject of lands and property. After Pratsutagus's death, his lands and his household were plundered by the Roman officers and their slaves. The Roman governor, not at all content with just taking property in the lands, he also had Pratsutagus's widow, Queen Boudicca, publicly flogged, and the daughters were raped by Roman slaves. Piece of shit. The Romans were, like, not good dudes. Like, they definitely just pulled some, like, serious shit all over the place. And there were so many of them. You know, I think they just had a really broad reach. They had, like, advanced weapons. So when they came in, they just seemed very, you know, mysterious and put together like somebody that you should be deferential to. So I think that when they showed up, they just seemed, they seemed fancy. They seemed rich. Like they seemed like, you know, hey, we should just do what they're doing. Yeah, but they also had control over so many others that were afraid of them and they just kept, they kept on doing their bidding, you know? Well, yeah, because they came with slaves. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he raped people. He sent his slaves to rape. He probably raped the slaves. 
the settlement of Camulodunum, and the Roman division there was rerouted. Boudicca and her allies did not turn away in their victories, and when Londonium and Verulamium were stormed, the defenders fled and the towns were sacked and burned. The Britons even desecrated the Roman cemeteries, mutilating statues and breaking tombstones. Some of these mutilated statues can be seen today in the Colchester Museum. Finally, Suetonius, who had made a tactical withdrawal with his troops into the safety of the Roman military zone, decided to challenge Boudicca. He assembled an army of 10,000 regulars and auxiliaries, the backbone of which was made up from the 14th legion. The Roman historian Tatticus in his Annals of Rome gives a very vivid account of the final battle, which was fought in the Midlands of England, possibly at a place called Mansetter near Nuneton in 61 AD. I'm sorry if I pronounced Nuneton incorrectly. Um, when, when, I'm pretty sure that everything is mispronounced. Well, no, because because when it's okay. I mean, yeah, I know. There's no but ancient when you're looking Roman at it, here to tell you you're doing it wrong. Boudicca and her daughters drove around in her chariot to all of her tribes before battle, encouraging them to be brave. She cried that she was descended from mighty men, but she was fighting as an ordinary person for her lost freedom, her bruised body, and her outraged daughters. Perhaps as a bit of a taunt to the men in her ranks, it is said that she asked them to consider, win the battle or perish. That is what I, a woman, will do. You men can live on in slavery if that's what you want. As the Britons attacked, moving in on the Roman defense line, the order was given and a burst of several thousand heavy Roman javelins were thrown into the advancing Britons, followed quickly by a second burst. The lightly armed Britons suffered massive casualties within the first minutes of the battle. The Romans moved in for the kill, attacking in tight formation, stabbing with their short swords. The Britons now had little chance. With so many of them involved in the battle, it is likely that their mass ranks worked against them by restricting their movements so they were unable to use their long swords effectively. To ensure success, the Roman cavalry was released, which promptly encircled the enemy and began their slaughter from the rear. Seemingly mad with bloodlust, Tatticus records that 80,000 Britons, men, women, and children were killed. The Roman losses calculated to be about 400 dead with a slightly larger number wounded. Boudicca was not killed in battle. She took poison instead of being taken alive by the Romans. Boudicca has secured a special place of her own in the British folk history remembered for her courage. The warrior queen who fought the might of Rome. And in a way, she did get her revenge. As in 1902, a bronze statue of her riding high in her chariot was placed on the Thames embankment next to the House of Parliament in the old Roman capital of Britain. The statue portrays Boudicca, accompanied by her two daughters, mounted on a scythe chariot, drawn by two rearing horses. The chariot is based on Roman models, not native British or Iceni models, and has a scythe blade attached to each wheel. She stands upright in a flowing gown, with a spear in her right hand, and her left hand is raised. Her daughters, with bare breasts, crouch in the chariot, one on either side of their mother. None of them are shown to hold the reins to control the horses. The statue was commissioned in the 1850s after Thomas Thornycroft made an equestrian statue of Queen Victoria, which was exhibited at the Great Expedition in 1851. The statue was praised by Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, and they were involved with Thornycroft's new project. Albert intended the monumental statue to be erected over the central arc of Decimus Burton's entrance to Hyde Park, and asked Thornycroft to make a throne upon wheels. Parallels, of course, were drawn between Victoria and Boudicca, whose name also means victory. Interesting. Yeah. 
Albert lent two horses as models, and a statue bears some resemblance to a young Queen Victoria. Albert died in 1861 before the statue was completed. Thornycroft did complete a full-size model of the work before his death, but there was no funding for it to be cast in bronze. An earthwork known as Boudicca's Grave on the north side of Parliament Hill was excavated in 1894. Although no grave was found, but Thornycroft's son, John Isaac Thornycroft, suggested that the site would be appropriate for the location of his father's long-delayed monumental statue. But money was needed for casting in bronze and it was still not available. A committee was formed to raise funds by subscription and the necessary money was raised and the statue was cast by the founder of J.W. Singer and Frome although there was no site for it to be erected yet. Thornycroft's statue was still not installed until 1902, more than 17 years later after his death. It was erected at the Westminster Pier in June of 1902, mounted on a large granite plythe by Thomas Graham Jackson. Inscriptions were added to the plythe in 1903, and on the front it reads, Boudicca, Queen of the Iceni, who died A.D. 61, after leading her people against a Roman invader. The statue is located in a busy location with traffic from the embankment and many pedestrian tourists passing from Westminster Abbey, Parliament Square, and Whitehall to the west over the bridge past South Park Lion towards County Hall, the London Eye, and Jubilee Gardens on South Bank. So that is the story of Boudicca, a woman, a wife, a mother, a queen, and a warrior forever cased in bronze. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring.